The world has gone insane. Cosplayers rule the conventions. Gamers dominate the tabletop and the internet. Sci-fi subjugates the movies and fantasy rules the bookstore with an iron fist. Only one group can bring order to this unruly mob. A team of uber geeks, masters of the nerdly arts, trained for decades in the hobby shops and basements of the nation. Mobilized by the secret masters, they are the Department of Nerdly Affairs. Hello operatives and welcome to the Department of Nerdly Affairs. I'm your host, Rob Patterson, here with my co-host, Don Chisholm, who's noisy as usual and enthusiastic as well. And tonight we're going to talk about pit fighting animals. We're going to talk about capturing animals and brainwashing them and having them fight each other in an endless series of duels that will inflict pain and torture on them every single time. Unfortunately, since Michael Vick wasn't available for this show, we're going to be uh, joined today by someone who's an expert in a related field, Pokemon, our friend Chad. Welcome to the show, Chad. Well, hold on. I wouldn't say expert, but I certainly have that same sort of bloodthirsty drive that... uh... (laughs) Well, you have played all the Pokemon games, haven't you, Chad? I actually have. Yeah, believe it or not, it's... It's like one of those weird uh, with things. It's like a bragging point. It's not much of a bragging point, but well, uh, and you finished them, right? Uh, I finished most of them. The very first one I never did, but we can go into okay. details to why that is. Yes, we're talking about Pokemon tonight. Obviously, we're talking about it because this year is the twentieth anniversary of Pokemon. Yes, Pokemon has been around twenty years. That means that well, most of the students at the college where I teach have never known a world without Pokemon. Think about that. They are now adults, and they have never known a world that did not involve Pokemon. And as a perhaps unsurprising result, when they found out about Pokemon Go, because I told a class of them about it, like after it was first announced last time, they went nuts. They thought that was the most awesome thing ever. Surprised they didn't know about it. Well, it was... It took a little while to get through all the social media channels, let's put it that way. Um, But we'll come to Pokemon Go later, obviously, as part of our show. So yes, this is the Pokemon 20th anniversary show. 20 years of pit-fighting brainwashed animals (laughs) to the death. All right. Oh, sorry. To unconsciousness so they can be revived (laughs) and put into the pit again for more torture. Wink, wink. (laughs) Nudge, nudge. Oh, exactly. Oh, they just fainted. So, Pokemon... Is it a barbaric sport, or is it a harmless child's pastime? Over to you, Don. That's an interesting question. Um, it's it's kind of uh, interesting that you start with that point, because it's one of those weird things where you take something and you kitty it up to make it... Because mm-hmm. it really is about capturing wildlife and making them fight in gladiatorial arenas for the enthrallment and enjoyment of, like, people around them and it's interesting Mm -hmm. um if you play the games or or uh see the show you've got this entire world that's basically built around this idea of like fighting fighting critters Mm -hmm. which is no hmm? sorry sorry go oh no i was gonna say which is kind of a bleak idea for a kid show when you think about it but they sunshine and lightness it up so like you were saying that they don't die they're just unconscious um, mm-hmm. a Pokemon never goes crazy and mauls 15 trainers and charges into the crowd or anything. 
Mm-hmm. Well, not yet. It's the 20th anniversary, so the dark, gritty version should be just around the corner. This is true. Uh, well, there was that fan film that came out a few years back, if I recall right, about Ash and Pikachu like pit fighting on the streets and everything. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so technically, a dark and gritty version has been done. Um, you know, it's funny you say that, though, because the games themselves... Uh... There's a certain kind of weird darkness to them that is not present in the show, mm. obviously. But like, I remember even in the in the earliest games, you're you're all the games start the same way, which is your mm-hmm. character, you know, uh, going on his journey from his home village. But they often point out that it's actually safe, or sorry, it's not safe to leave the the confines of the village without some sort of Pokemon partner to protect right. Yeah, you. because wild Pokemon will rip you apart. Hmm. Yeah, there's things running around in the in the forest that can literally breathe fire or rip your brain apart mm-hmm. and like, psychically and and no no you have to have some little turtle that shoots water <laughs> to protect you. It's but there's a kind of an oddness to that when you think about it. It's almost like these. Um, it's like the 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 dark setting of uh, what is it like? It's a it's a world of darkness with little points of light in it, meaning that those are the civilization and everything else is just wild. Wow. Yeah, that's. You know, I was kind of, you know, of course, being half sarcastic with the opening. But, yeah, that's true, actually. I mean, it is kind of this hellish setting, if you really think about it. I mean, of course, the TV version, as you said, portrays everything as light, where Pokemon are apparently just partners of humans everywhere they go and are happy wildlife just frolicking around Hmm. until they're grabbed and brainwashed, of course. But still... Yeah, I mean they 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 obviously play it up in the in the even in the games, but the games do have like I said this this odd little undercurrent mm-hmm. when you when you kind of look at it going well that's kind of curious <laughs> like you know you almost need these things as bodyguards because they just they're so prolific. Right. Well, there's an interesting question. This is a complete sidetrack, but I, we'll get back to Pokemon in a second. But I've noticed that a lot of the better childhood entertainment, even Harry Potter, for example, has this weird dark undercurrent or dark side kind of lurking underneath. Is mm-hmm. that actually something that um, makes them more attractive? I mean, keeps them from being just, say, uh, pablum for the kids? Like, of the fact that there is that slight darkness, the kids must sense it at least a little bit, that there's something not quite right here. Hmm. It's possible. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure it, it, it to some degree. It's not it's not cuteness mm-hmm. and light, and I think that's what I think people like. Yeah, about I can it. see that. What do you think, Don? I, I think you're hitting at one of the uh, one of the ideas that we've we've brought up before, like on the show, um, of age appropriate. That mm-hmm. people think it works one way that you're old enough to partake, but it works the other way where things designed for younger people are often inappropriate for older people because you'll make conclusions that aren't inherent to what's actually being presented. Ah, okay. So the idea of, like, um, a lot of kid stuff has this inherent darkness to it. Mm-hmm. Like, like well, we'll use the example of Pokemon, that apparently there's this, this these wild monsters that lurk D&D style outside of the city limits. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> but kids don't think about, like, death and, and mayhem in, in the same way. Like, they think that, you know, if... if grandma died in bed no she's just sleeping really hard kind of thing because they're not until you get that first goldfish you're not really familiar with the concept of death right and that's what you get in pokemon you got that edge you got kids know about fighting especially like little Mm -hmm. kids you've probably done it Mm -hmm. and you don't think of the the full consequence you don't realize that if i'm throwing lightning bolts and fireballs at you you'll get hurt and die 
Right. And that's why it's perfectly appropriate for the little monster to fall down. And then mm-hmm. you, you give them a hug and they're all better later on. Because that's that's like war from a five-year-old point of view. Like, that's what they understand it as. Right. Okay, I can see that. I think, yeah, okay. So in a way, you're actually saying that we as adults actually often read too much into these things. Yeah. And that's, and that's, it leads to like comedy moments later on in life. Like I am personally waiting for the dark, gritty Pokemon to come out just because I think it'll be kind of, kind of, kind of funny, but Mm -hmm. I don't get wrapped around the axle with, with things like that. Because like I say, this wasn't something meant for adults. And if you get some kicks out of it, that's cool, but you can't expect too much from it as a Mm -hmm. grown up. I can see that. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. It's it's a weird thing though too because the game itself has depth to it if you choose to mm. go that route. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if I've discussed that with you before, Rob. How the game actually has a layer to it that uh, people can indulge in. You see it all the time. People do this mm-hmm. on YouTube where uh, your creature's stats, right. the Pokemon stats, can actually be like through specific training and uh, and val like inherent values can be yeah. increased. Okay. Which this can also be brought out through like selective breeding. Like there's a whole weird level mm-hmm. to that game beyond just the simple run through it and have your monsters beat up stuff. Yeah, on, I knew on, about the whole breeding you know. angle. I knew that you could actually breed your Pokemon, especially <laughs> that started with which with one uh, Ruby, wasn't it? It might have been. I don't know when that kicked in exactly, but there's two things in the game called IVs and EVs, and and those two values can be manipulated through breeding and then through training. To make the thing much stronger than, like, say you get like a Pikachu that you you selectively done this with and trained properly, it'll be a lot stronger than one that if you just wandered out in the wild and grabbed off, you know, in the forest. The one you've trained up is actually way more strong uh, or much stronger by comparison. Huh, okay, and that's what people do to do these these competitive battles. So wow, so that's how you get maximum Pokemon by becoming a Pokemon breeder, not by just a trainer. Well, yeah, and I remember even in the game, like, uh, some of the later games allow you just to randomly fight people online, mm-hmm. right? Like, you can just do a match, and you'll go up against someone who's clearly bred the things because they just clean your clock in three seconds. And, you know, with stuff that, you know, in the game is relatively mm-hmm. powerful, but, like, their bred-up stuff is just dismantles it, right? That, that's the difference. So if you choose to go that route, the, the, the game's smart in the sense that it, you can choose to not do that and just play it through on your own and be done with it interesting now actually back to one point that don made hasn't technically a dark gritty pokemon game already been done i mean the japanese have done a lot of variations on the pokemon thing already i'm sure it must exist i mean i mean if you go to if you go to i or the uh, itunes or like the 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 app store on the mac there's like eight billion pokemon ripoffs Mm-hmm. that are out there so I, I would imagine a dark and gritty one is probably in there somewhere i would think well ones that are darker anyway or at least meant for a slightly more mature audience i was thinking isn't uh the persona games aren't they kind of along those lines because aren't you going around capturing demons there yeah like... this sort of yeah they're it's it's not they're not mon- well yeah they're demons so they're they're kind of it's kind of like Pokemon, but like I don't know. There's an animal aspect to Pokemon that like Persona doesn't do because mm-hmm. you're talking about like specific mythological based 
right okay. deities right like you'll have odin mm-hmm. as a card mm-hmm. for example so oh okay yeah like they 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 tap into a wide wide range of, uh, of stuff from various mythologies worldwide so it's a little bit different but i get it's the same kind of principle you're collecting different things so it's still ultimately teens collect shit uh, kind of it's, but that's not the driving force of the game it's a little bit different like pokemon is about collecting stuff the, the creatures mm, okay right? so i mean every game is about filling out a decks of all the various creatures that you run across right okay okay i was gonna say okay. uh rob i was gonna ask you i thought you didn't you not play the first generation game no i didn't you didn't actually okay i've only, i very belatedly later on through using um emulator software i did play a little bit with with I think it was the second one of the second generation Pokemon games. I played for a little bit, but you know, I, as with most video games, video games don't remember hold my attention for very long. I usually <laughs> give up after about two weeks and wander off because I just don't find them that interesting. Hmm. With a few exceptions, there have been a very few exceptions, like StarCraft, for example, which I loved. But uh, so Pokemon, unfortunately, is one of that where, yeah, I just I look at it and go, well, this is ultimately just an ultimate leveling game, and that doesn't hmm. appeal to me that much. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't see the point of going through this long involved grind just to yeah have monsters like you know beat each other up. But then again, from a Pokemon fan's point of view, that's probably blasphemy to say. But um, that's my perspective on it anyway. Now I did play the Pokemon card game, which might be what you're thinking of. Oh no, I could have sworn you actually played one of the actual games. But uh... well, I did play one yeah, of them, yeah. but not back in the day. It was much later. Mm, okay. um, I, but I played back in the what, late, well, whenever it came out, I think late 90s, early 2000s, early 2000s, I think it was, uh, Wizards of the Coast released a, a Pokemon card game that was actually kind of a very, very light version of Magic in some ways um, with a Pokemon and kid-oriented field. And I played that for a little while, and that was actually a lot of fun. That was actually a pretty cool game. Hmm. It was actually very simple, very easy to play. But like I said, it was, yeah, that was that was great. Um but as far as the actual video game goes, no, I don't have a long record with that. Um, how about you, Don? Have you played most of the games, or what's your uh, background with Pokemon? I played the, uh, the first couple of the games on the Game Boy, going way, way back. Mm-hmm. And I saw the first like, right. season or two of the show, because uh, Marky, who's a guy we used to mm-hmm. hang out with, used to watch that before he, as he was getting ready to go to work, and he kind of got hooked on it, and then he kind of used to bring it we'd all watch like the new episode because i i'll watch anything with monsters i'm i'm gonna be eight years old in that respect till the day i die and it had all kinds of weird monsters and stuff so yeah it did definitely i think also one of the reasons why i kind of lost interest now again coming to the game a little later for me is okay so there's 150 pokemon i think with the first generation or is it 156 somewhere in that area 151 technically 150 okay but Oh, yeah, if you count that, the weird glitch Pokemon, yeah. Okay, and from then on, though, I mean, they keep adding, what, another 100 Pokemon per game or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Or And so as an end result, it's, yeah, it just seems to me like an endless leveling thing, I guess oh. you could say. So that's why I kind of look at it that way and think, eh, mm-hmm. not for me. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny, too, because they've even made it so, like... Uh, and actually, one thing about the game I will say was actually quite smart on their behalf was the uh, mm-hmm. 
the, the ability to like trade the little things or, or fight with each other. But the trading thing I thought was very interesting. I mean, the original games were set up so that mm-hmm. you had to know somebody with another, like the opposite game. So if you had blue, you had to have someone that yeah. had red right. to fill out the, the decks in its entirety because they were, you know, uh, ones that were missing from each version. Yeah. Right. Which is actually pretty clever, you know. Yes, and actually they've built something like that into Pokemon Go as well. I was doing a little reading about mm-hmm. it. And because um, Pokemon Go, for those who aren't familiar, since it's been referenced already, that's the augmented reality Pokemon game where you're using your phone and it's geomapped on the real world. And so different locations in the real world, you'll find Pokemon there and then you can catch them. So you can go out wandering your local parks or your local malls or your local crack dens and um, find these Pokemon that they've been randomly geoscattered across the map. Well, semi-randomly. But here's the thing, right? Apparently, what they've done is certain areas will tend to have certain kinds of Pokemon. So, for example, let's say we live in southwestern Ontario. Well, in southwestern Ontario, there may actually be only a limited range of Pokemon that you can actually find. But the same is true for every other area, okay? And so you might wonder, well, how do you get them all then? Well, you could travel all across the country. That would be one way or possibly even around the world. Or you can trade them with people. And that's how they're setting it up to create this giant Pokemon community with Pokemon Go. Is they're literally forcing you to trade with people around the world to actually fill out your sets. That's kind of what they did with the the originals. Because like Chad said, it was designed that... If you wanted to get all the little mm-hmm. boogly monsters, you did have to trade. And the traded right. ones tended to be, uh, they tended to level up a little quicker. And it, it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. an interesting thing to do because I think it's it's good and bad. Because it's good mm-hmm. because you've added kind of a, a self-determinant aspect and a social aspect to the game. That you're in some capacity mm-hmm. interacting with people. Um, but it's also right. bad because it's a brilliant marketing gimmick because then with this extra time and effort you put in, cognitive dissonance kicks in and you're like, I mm-hmm. must really enjoy this because I'm spending my whole life doing it. <laughs> right. Because, you know, there's going right. to be some asshole when Pokemon Go comes out that does travel the world. and Oh, yeah. Of course there will be. There will be people who will travel far and wide across the land mm. trying to get them all. Well, that and also people will be sending out, like, the, the, the random trades and you'll have a million Pokemon uh, you know, that you're getting that called dick fart. You know, they'll, they'll name them weird shit like that. <laughs> See that? Oh my god! Yeah. Well, that already happens. Like, there's in the in the last game, couple games they did. They have a thing called Wonder Trade, where you can literally send out mm-hmm. a Pokemon randomly over the inter uh, the internet, and they'll you'll get one back. And so, <laughs> right. so people would you know obviously name them kind of <laughs> cute little names like that, and of what you can get yeah, you away can... with without like you know the right. filter catching it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's a filter, of course. <laughs> Which is funny, because that's a video game tradition. Like, any game I've played where you name your character, I always call him asshole. Because any role-playing game makes right? sense then, because you're breaking into people's houses, rummaging through their stuff, looking for things, and they're all like, Hey, asshole, what are you doing here? And now the game makes sense. <laughs> you're right, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, I do a variant of that, where I always, for some odd reason, I always give them an odd name, like Bacon. <laughs> So just to, just so I can have people to converse with me, going, "Hey, bacon, good to see you." Like, <laughs> oh, that's pretty I'm good. not the only nine year old in the world. <laughs> no, it's, I, it's, there are many. It's very common. <laughs> 
Now, if you get one of these um, aptly named little Pokemon through a random trade, you can rename them, right? <laughs> no. Really? Oh, my God. No, the, only the original trainer oh. can rename them. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're stuck with it. So. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> if you get one that you level up to, like, massive level, you end up in a world tournament. Go, Dick Nuts! Crush him! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dick Nuts releases teabag <laughs> maneuver. No. <laughs> well, they've done. I've seen that on on like Tumblr and Instagram, where people have mm-hmm. given their 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 Pokemon bizarre little names, and they they make mm-hmm. puns with them. Right? You know? Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Like there was, I, I remember seeing a picture of one one of these lion. It was like a lion one, and it says Katy Perry <laughs> used roar. I'm like, yeah, that's cute. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> that that makes sense, actually. Yeah, I, yeah. You I know, it's, but that. but it's funny, Rob. Going back to what you had asked earlier about a dark game, I, mm-hmm. to my knowledge, off the top of my head, I can't think of one. But I wonder right? if it, how well it would actually do. Like it's almost, mm. I, I I don't know. One of the things I find with with Pokemon is just sort of a as a as a as a game and as a series is that there's a sort of inherent kind of goofiness to it that mm-hmm. gives it a little bit more mm-hmm. durability and the second right. it gets up its own rear end and gets too serious it's almost like dooming mm-hmm. the thing in mm-hmm. a weird way yeah i can see that i mean there are some things that only work in their own goofy little way and if you try to gritty them up or whatever yeah. they just won't work very well or or make and, them too realistic like again yeah, exactly. like you know the the pokemon setting mm-hmm. it, a lot of it doesn't make sense but it's not kind yeah. of meant to like it, it's like look we're going to put as much thought into this as it really needs it and then it's all about you know finding the things yeah. and making them fight so don't worry about right. it if the we don't know what the uh that world's economy actually functions like who cares (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's not the point right yeah it doesn't have to have a functional economy with uh or a proper ecosystem or anything it just has to serve the game's purposes right so i i wonder if you know i'd be curious to see someone try to do Mm -hmm. something dark with it but i'm saying like don't just do Pokemon, but make it really dark. I'm saying, like, really commit to it. Do like a uh, like an HP Lovecraft type game <laughs> they, where you're catching. Someone did, you know, uh, horrific cosmic they did horrors. That. Or There's something. a Pokétulu game, mm. right? It's not. A, it's not a, a pen and paper. Uh, yeah, it's like an RPG mini game war game thing, right? But again, that's okay, but that yeah. thing's parodying. You know what I mean? Like, I'm saying, fully commit to it. Make it like set it in the 20s, <laughs> and you know. Your character's an investigator. That's, that's kind of, I think it's interesting that you you mention would it mm-hmm. work? Because I think that all depends. Like it's one of those things. We're at that point now, where the original fans are approaching that like tipping point of nostalgia, and it'll be what they got out of it and what they want to get out of it as an adult. Because, uh, like, yeah, there's stuff that it, it doesn't work if you try to serious it up. And I think, again, because mm-hmm. uh, what people get the warm fuzzies over when they look back nostalgically will be the silliness in that. And if you take that out, then it just doesn't resonate anymore. But there's always the chance. Mm-hmm. Like, I would wonder, say, in another five, maybe ten years, if somebody did like what Chad mm-hmm. is saying, that they took the setting and they thought it through so that it makes sense to to a grown-up mind, not just like a, a kid mind, and then represented it that way if that would go over it. It wouldn't necessarily be dark and gritty, but Ooh. it would be more, uh, I guess, more saw. I don't want to say realistic, 
but it'd be like a more solid take on the the whole setting. Right. Well, isn't Yokai Watch kind of that? Well, but it it still has a goofiness yeah. to it. Oh yeah, you know? that's okay. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of it's not. I mean, there's a there's a, a yokai that's responsible for farting, <laughs> so that puts it perspective. Okay, there is that. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> if you fart in public and you don't, you know, of, not of your own volition, it's because of that thing. So. It's it's because that thing. But what I mean is that was an attempt to actually kind of interact with the real world, yeah. so to speak. Whereas... Yes, it, it doesn't. It doesn't take place in this fantasy setting. It's literally set, like, you know, on on Earth in Japan. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sort of tapping into a mythology they have, but uh, right, it's not serious. Um, Even the game itself, no, I'm no. I'm kind of at the end point of that. I'm still playing it myself. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of at the on the on the sort of the last um, stretch of it, mm-hmm. uh, where the game gets stupidly impossible with with regards to collecting some of these creatures. But uh, mm-hmm. the game itself, I've noticed looking back. I mean, the game itself uh, even breaks the fourth wall in places. Like it's not trying to take mm-hmm. itself terribly seriously. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like it's. I, I mean, Don raises an interesting point of like, yeah, if you really sat down mm. and thought it out. But mm-hmm. then again, as a game, do you do you seek that out right. as a player, mm-hmm. or do you just want to have something like like for me? I'd rather have the game not make logistical sense, but work as a yeah. game. Right. Like for me, it doesn't have to go. Wow, that world's really thought out because it's like well. But that's not why I'm doing this. I'm I'm just playing it for mm. fun and collecting yeah. stuff, and it's cute and right. Kick out of it, and the, you know the game's balanced and not imbalanced because I've played many, you know, an imbalanced mm-hmm. broken game that mm-hmm. has a much more thought out setting, and yeah. I don't retain it. Right. Because you, yeah. you don't look at it and go, "Wow, that setting was really great." <laughs> Too bad the game sucked. <laughs> you know. Because well, I'd mm-hmm. use the example for for kind of what I'm thinking would be um, for us would be superheroes. That if you look back, you go okay. to uh, when they first came out in, in like the 30s, superhero comics were, I, they were a general audience. It was, it was, they came from the pulps. They didn't necessarily make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. but there was a certain kind of, mm-hmm. of action consequence to them. Uh, post Wortham in the 50s, you got like Batman Space Cop where he could just like get into the bat plane and fly to Mars in apparently like 20 minutes or something. And and nobody cared. It was it was generally considered to be more like kitty fair. But then as that audience aged, you saw mm-hmm. more things work their way in. So that by the time we got to say the Bronze Age, they would bring actual issues in, and and they would try to like make mm-hmm. the world that these stories took place in more solid because you had brought these fans along as they got older, and then at a certain point it gets all like goofy again, and then that part resets and you're, you're starting to see that now, like say when they do a Marvel movie, everything happens because of Hydra mm-hmm. or shield. And it's because they're trying to put this through line to it because that idea of just right. a crazy world where there's tons of these groups doesn't resonate with people, but for, for a bigger mm-hmm. audience for like a, a, I guess of, of norms as opposed to superhero fans, they want to kind of file off right. some of the weird and put more solid. And I'm wondering if you'll eventually see something like that. Cause Pokemon's a franchise now. I think it's a fixture and sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sooner or later, somebody will do that. I'm, I'm thinking, and then I'm wondering if that will take off and that'll create some whole new kind of thing or if it'll just die and they'll make it perpetually like aimed at kids. 
Yeah, well, I think it's like anything. It'll probably yeah. go through cycles, right? It's funny, Dom, when you said that, I, I thought back to a conversation Rob and I had had years ago when mm-hmm. uh, this is when Pokemon first came out and it was cuckoo popular. And uh, after it cooled down a little bit, after that first initial rush and that first initial mm-hmm. blaze, uh, that's when Yu-Gi-Oh! kind of came in and got popular and kind of booted it yeah. out of the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Rob about it on the phone one night, and Rob goes, well, what's what's interesting is that as much as the media likes to crow about how, oh, this thing dethroned po- uh, Pokemon, Rob's like, look, Yu-Gi-Oh! is a flavor of the month, and I guarantee you in 20 <laughs> years, like, people in Japan will go, like, Yu-Gi what? And those, but Pokemon will still be around, and he was 100% right. I wouldn't say 100% because yeah. they're still making Yu-Gi-Oh cartoons. They are, but like when you have in Japan, in Tokyo, they have a Pokemon <laughs> store. Like mm-hmm. that, That's a hell of a, that's a, hell yeah. of a cultural uh, you know, footprint. Is there a Yu-Gi-Oh store? That would be interesting yeah. to know. I bet not, but who knows? Not to my hmm. knowledge, but you know what I mean? But I'm saying it didn't have the same sort of impact. Well, let's put, let me put it this way. There are all in the pond airways in Japan airways planes painted to look like <laughs> Pikachu flying through the sky. There are none painted to look like Yu-Gi-Oh! or Yu-Gi-Oh! characters. I always think it's the, 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 one of the funniest things as a, as a fact about that series is that Pikachu mm-hmm. wasn't the original mascot. Mm-hmm. In the game, he wasn't. Not even in the series, he narrowly came in at the last second. The original intent, or the original okay. character they were going to use, the original monster, was a thing mm-hmm. called oh. Clefairy, which looks like a little kind of pink yeah. Cupid thing. Really? Yeah, that was the original. It was only at the last minute that they kind of switch it over hmm. And, hmm. into Pikachu. So yeah, like just narrowly edged out what was you know would have been like this little egg shaped Cupid monster wandering around after Yikes. the main character. Interesting. Yeah. That, so this is just that's a production thing, right? We're talking. Uh, it never appeared in the show. No, I mean not, no, no. But it was originally supposed to be Ash's companion. I don't know what right. prompted the change exactly, but he was supposed to be. The original Probably. choice, I guess. I would say, yeah, marketing yeah, the, prompted the change. Probably. It could have been the game company. They said nope, or, you know, they well, thought it. Well, because like, the, the, the fairy boogly monster, it's pretty girly. Like, it it looks like something yeah, that would is. be, you know, following Barbie around, like, whispering dark secrets into her ear or whatever. So they... <laughs> Stripes are out. Don't <laughs> <laughs> wait after Labor Day! Ah! So, but anyway, well, it's also, and I think you're right, Don. And also, it's interesting to point out how humanoid yeah. it is. Whereas Pikachu has that sort mm-hmm. of animal charm; it's a weird little yeah. kind of rodent thing, right? Which you know is a little more appealing than than kind of a creepy <laughs> thing that's like you. You know what I mean? Like it's oh, it's kind of right. humanish. Yeah, I think Pikachu has been one of those mixed blessings for Pokemon, at least from uh, for the TV show, anyway. Um, because, for example, Pikachu has become yeah. the symbol of the show. Yes. And there's no question on that. But that has also meant, that, for example, that for, what, 20... Actually, I think the show started a year after, so it'll be actually 19 years worth of Pokemon the Animated Series. Pikachu <laughs> has been following Ash around, not leveling up, <laughs> not changing, and basically stuck in his perpetual form for, like, 19 yeah. years worth of show. Of course, so is Ash, so... I, I, I suppose Ash that was actually out. 38. But, He's a midget. But, <laughs> well, isn't that where we're going to have the, uh, the, the obligatory uh, fan theory of like, oh, no, he's actually in <laughs> hell. That's why he doesn't age. And it's just. 
That does oh. actually explain a lot. Yeah, but that's like the standard like nerd mm. theory for everything where characters don't age. Oh, you see, they're actually dead in hell. <laughs> you didn't know? No, the, oh, the entire okay. series takes place okay. o- during two years. Ashley's a very active right. life. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, w- that would be the Detective <laughs> Conan phenomenon. Dete- Detective Conan, which has been around just as long, um, apparently all takes place while Conan <laughs> is still in the fifth grade. Wow. So I discovered that there's someone who actually charted it like the Conan apparently in his fifth grade has he and his classmates have witnessed like over a thousand murders. That's funny. And he solved most of them. And he's just it's one year. He has the most crowded year of all time. But that's the funny thing, see, it's like that show is a perfect example. It's kinda of like the Marvel Comics and DC comics thing where you're not kind mm. of really meant to watch it for yeah, 20 yeah. years straight, but you know what I mean? Like, the audience will move away from it or, or move on to something else. In theory, else. yeah. Yeah, they'll probably move it. Yeah. Although it's still massively popular. It's still one of the most popular things on the air in yeah. Japan. has been for 20 years. Right, but I'm saying that, like, people don't stick with it for 20 years straight going, like, you know, when is there going to be some <laughs> character development? Yeah, not, not, it's not meant no, to be. They don't. No, it's not. It's meant to be, yeah. It's like the same way when you, when you look at, like, say, a given Marvel character's history, and if you actually chart it over the course of, like, you know, 60 years is like a lunatic came up with it because it's yeah. contradicting itself yeah. and, you know, reshape. You know, it's weird yeah. and random and yeah. Well, it's yeah. almost like a bunch of random different writers <laughs> took a stab at it. Because huh. you would think. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. Because um, hmm? uh, the, the Pokemon TV show, like I say, I think I've probably seen like the first two and a half seasons. And I don't know if it mm-hmm. still does it, but when they got to the second season, it was almost like they did a... Uh, a sneaky reboot because the, okay. the two things I noticed was it got kiddied up a little bit because the boogly monsters weren't as, as mm-hmm. scary as the first season. Like you had some, there's, there's right. a part in the first season where um the, the, the bunch, all the characters are on a ship that gets sunk by a big giant tentacle monster and everybody thinks they're dead and they actually right. have a funeral for them in that. Mm-hmm. But that all that all kind of got taken out. Second season, the monsters were all softened up, and it was it was this weird thing where like Ash apparently had amnesia because you're you could tell they were writing it for a potentially new audience because it'd be like a monster would show up and he'd be like, "Oh, I have to look that up. What is it? Oh, what it does this?" And you're like, "Dumbass! You ran into one of those like twenty episodes ago." Yep. Yeah, in fact, I remember there was a joke I saw online where someone had posted a screen cap from an episode where he, he, he's like, uh, he sees this particular Pokemon and he goes, oh, what's that? And he holds up his little tricorder to, to scan it. And mm-hmm. the, the creature in question was being used by the, like, those two, the two henchmen that are the two villains that are constantly mm-hmm. chasing him around. Right. They had been using that particular uh-huh. creature. For like years, and it's like, wow, dude, you don't. Really, it's got no memory. Ash. <laughs> Apparently, Pikachu is sapping Ash's memory or something. Yeah, but that's just it. That goes right to the point of it's not meant to be viewed yeah. consecutively. Yeah, for years and years and years, like you know, because the, but the weird thing is, and they do this themselves. They go through the motions. Like for example, um. I just, uh, in preparation for this episode, I watched the first episode of Pokemon X and Y, which I believe is the most recent or second most recent TV season. And it starts with, like, Ash just, you know, basically goes to this new continent and basically goes there to, you know, and he he and Pikachu go there to hang out. And, of course, they'll 
you know, meet new friends and they'll go on adventures and all, you know, all that stuff. But the thing is, is that it's effectively both, it's a, it's a reboot. I mean, he's basically starting from almost the point he was in the very first season again, but wearing a slightly different uniform and yeah, he's just restarting in a new place. I mean, but there's still that continuity, right? They're still carrying over from here. You know, he goes in the company of this other character who I assume was in the previous season. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're still carrying over this idea of continuity, yet at the same time, they don't want any continuity. Every season is supposed to be its own thing. Yeah, but again, it's like Marvel and DC Comics do the exact same well, thing, that, right? Where oh, that's true. They'll, they'll go back and, and reference something that happened 20 years ago that completely contradicts, yeah. you know, right? what's going on now. It's, just, it's not meant to really, you know, be ingested that way. It just isn't. Like even I think even Marvel, at one point, they, they were speaking with an editor in an interview and he said, look, your average Marvel comic's not really meant to be read for more than, like, you know, three mm-hmm. or four years straight. And then we find people yeah. move on, right? So we don't yeah, have to worry about the, the continuity being, like, rock solid <laughs> for the last 15 years because the audience doesn't stick yeah, around for, that long. For, for like, your mm-hmm. Marvels and DCs, that was, uh, that happened here in the 80s. That that was, uh, right. when, when DC did Crisis on Infinite Earths. It was because they were trying to to clean all of that up because they realized that their audience was older like it 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 only took them from 1962 to like 1982 to realize that and it was that was when continuity became a buzzword and they fixed it up but mm-hmm. i don't think again they realized that yeah it's like chad saying uh, because you've got a perpetual story you can't have actual events happen cuz that will change things and eventually mm-hmm. it clogs back up. Like um, when you watch something like, say, the Pokemon show, that's why they do that slick thing where he goes to another continent. And it's like a soft mm-hmm. reboot because, yeah, you can start from it. It's a beginning point. It's it lets new people come in. You can do intros. You can do explanations. And it seems a little more natural if somebody happens to still be a long term fan. And it resets things in continuity. So if you want to bring back somebody from 20 years ago and, oh, that was this, you can do that. It doesn't seem totally out of place until you worry about the time thing, which they never bring up. And and that's right. and that's why I say I'm wondering if eventually you'll get... Um, because every long-term franchise, especially for the nerdly arts, has that Crisis on Infinite Earths mm-hmm. moment where they 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 have either long-term fans or you have fans coming back because of say nostalgia and you have to say what do we do with this are we going to try to solid it up are we going to try to shore up all these cracks and make it seem like an actual solid story or do we just continue with like as a laissez-faire franchise Hmm. Uh, you know what's funny though you almost have to wonder does it really like i know people do this as a contingency against well you know People aren't going to just want mm. the same old thing again, but like, or do they? Would, would people really object that much? You know what I mean? Like, I, I sort of, I guess what I'm getting at is that like they sort of jump the gun and go, well, obviously people want something a little bit more mm-hmm. thought out or darker or whatever. But ultimately, it's like, well, or do they? That's a, it's a, it's sort of, a, is it not well, a presumption on the? I think the, it depends you know, though on why people are are still partaking. Ah, uh, to use another example, mm-hmm. look at uh, Godzilla. 
that when you had the oh, old okay. Godzilla movies, when they got to like by the time you got to the 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 fourth one, and they were introducing weird monsters and that, they realized that people want a monster fight, they want a weird monster, they'd whip just enough story on you that. You know, you, you'd, you'd buy, yeah, okay, it's uh, <clears throat> near future, we have spaceships, aliens show up. Well, where are the monsters? But it's because if you've been mm-hmm. partaking of it all along, you're cool with that. Because this is, is what, what you want. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with, like, the superhero books. If you were a fan from the Silver Age to the Bronze Age, you just sort of accepted all of, like, the wackiness and in, in, in continuity because that's just how it works. But it's if you've got people coming back. I think, um, again, because of nostalgia, you run into that problem that they want the same old, same old, but they're different and they haven't been climatized to how this whole genre or setting or franchise works. And then that's where you start getting like your your ambulatory nerd rage because something doesn't get satisfied because they're looking for something that's either not there or can't be there. Although, although, mind you, doesn't also some of that, and I agree with that, uh, doesn't also some of that, though, fall into the, but this isn't yeah. the way I remember Yeah, that, that's problem. exactly what I'm getting at, because, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's, um, well, I, I had, used to associate online with, like, a bunch of guys who were old school comic fans. And they were Marvel and DC fans in the 80s, and they just bitch up a storm about, like, the newer stuff, about how it's terrible and it's horrible and it's so different and it really isn't. And I always thought that that was the problem is when you were like 12 or 13, it was all fresh and new and your brain still produced dopamine and you got that kick from it because you were, you got that sense of discovery. Whereas you're looking for that sense mm-hmm. of discovery. You want something novel, but you don't want something novel and you're getting the same old crap and it doesn't have the kick, but it looks just different enough that you can convince yourself that it's totally different. And then you get stuck in this weird cognitive echo chamber where you're not happy, but you can't let go enough to get into the new whatever to get something out of it, which might make you happy. So you just kind of piss and moan, even though you buy the book every month, apparently just to complain about, you can't break that cycle. Hmm. Well, so it's nerd yeah. rage and nerd addiction are kind of different sides of the same coin. <laughs> so what you're saying is nerd rage is often just the frustration of not being able to get out of something yeah, what they um, once got out of it. And it's it's not being able to let go enough hmm. to to let the something new in. Uh with those those right. old school comic guys, a lot of them hated the Japanese stuff. And I think because there was this feeling, whether they, they articulated this or not, that it had somehow usurped their beloved superheroes. Pretty much. Yeah. And there was one guy who actually picked up an issue of like the uh, the monthly Shonen Jump that was coming out at the time. And he read it and he gave it a glowing review because he said like, and it was amazing. And these it had everything that they complain about, you know, because it was tense and there were characters and there was like a certain warmth to it. And in one of the stories, one of the characters died and he said, I had no idea who this guy was, but I was like heartbroken over this. And then I said, so are you going to read more? And he's like, uh, no. Cause, yeah. And I'm like, you enjoyed it. You got something out of it, but it's that inability to let go of the old, because a lot of what these guys were, were, were comic fans, not because they were comic fans. Again, it was like inertia and nostalgia. 
So do you think that taking things back around, Pokemon fans will yeah, eventually become you're, you're like that too? You're going to see something like that. And like I say, I don't think we're quite there yet. I think it'll be another five or ten years mm -hmm. that it, it's like we talked about before. They'll be old. They'll be established. They'll have warm, fuzzy memories. They'll be like, oh, new Pokemon series. And they'll click it on and it'll be like, that guy's not Brock. They're raping my childhood. Ah! And it'll it it and again it's it's that nerd nerd rage nerd addiction cycle. Well, I was gonna say though, it is weird though because that should have happened already. I mean, we're talking about a twenty year span here. Like mm -hmm. you know, kids now would have grown up to be at that mm -hmm. age to start screaming about it. But you don't seem to see no. a lot of that, at least not yet. Yeah. Not yet, anyway. I mean, with twenty years for um, kids that were born at the same year Pokemon came out. Keeping in mind that it was still mega popular with kids, say yeah. eight years old at that time, yeah. and they are now twenty eight. Mm -hmm. So they're right up there. They're they're pushing that thirty where you would mm -hmm. expect to see some of that. But maybe it's just that when with Pokemon, maybe it's just kiddy enough and goofy enough that they're willing to let go of it for the most part. And it's weird too. The game itself, the game series, doesn't. It, you know what I mean? Like, there's not there, there's a very loose continuity in it, but otherwise, right. it's just a reset. You're in a new area, right. like it's in a new re uh, location. You mm -hmm. know, some of the older creatures show up, so the, a lot of the newer ones are there are introduced, and it's sort of a restart, or a restart yeah. rather. You know, uh, right? And maybe that's could be what what sort of lends its uh, it lends the the series its its sort of. Um, Mm -hmm. um, what's the term I'm thinking of? It's not just popularity, but you know the ability to kind of just keep weathering on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Because it injects just enough newness right. every time hmm. by doing That's that. That's possible. You know, um, I know the game. The game series itself uh, did a smart move by by upgrading to actual 3D graphics. Finally, I think it was in uh, Pokemon XY was the first one that was actually 3D. Like it wasn't mm -hmm. just sprites anymore. Because I think they would, they had sort of run their course, yeah. But with that, you know, what I mean, like it's just, you know, there's only so much you can do with it. And... Now, did they actually upgrade the combat system too? No, it's still a, a turn-based. You know, uh, they give you the option to speed right. through it if you want to, but yeah, it's still ultimately uh, uh, make your choice, and the, your little creature does it, and then bounces back, and the other creature, you know, hits him, <laughs> and then he hits back, and <laughs> right back and forth, back and forth. Like two little creatures <laughs> smacking each other in the face. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Although, but again, I actually—that's one of the things I actually liked about the series—is that it, yeah, it's simple. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get terribly complex. It doesn't—you don't have to have this. You know, I mean, there's still tactics involved, but it, it's not like you know, brain murderingly <laughs> difficult tactics. You just—you're just, you're just mm -hmm. playing off against the rock, right. paper, scissors format. You know, right. but uh, so it, within the game, if you have to level your creatures up to go to the next, you know, area, it's not mm -hmm. as big right. a chore. I remember Rob and I had this discussion a, a few years ago. We were talking about different kinds of games and one of them being like the, um, uh, is it, are they tactical? I'm not sure how to describe it. Tactical RPGs where you have mm -hmm. like a, everything's done in isometric sort of mm -hmm. three quarter down shot. You'll have your team, which you can then move, and if you're close enough to an adjacent square of, a, of an opponent, right. you can attack them. Is right. that is and that technically what you would call a, a 
Uh, oh, there, that's a turn-based, yeah, tactical combat yeah. game or something right, like that. Yeah, right. there's there's some. Ter- I don't remember. There might be another term for them, but it, I think the audience understands what you mean. Yeah, you're talking about games like back in the day. There was XCOM, for example. XCOM's uh, like the, this. Final Fi- uh, Final yeah. Fantasy Tactics does this. Too. Final Fantasy Tactics, exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And those games are good. For, uh, I, I enjoy them, but they're a, a complete drag on uh, on a mm-hmm. on a leveling. Yeah plateau mm-hmm. like if you have to level your characters up it's mm-hmm. murderously slow right whereas pokemon you just run out in the, in the into the forest and kind of run around the in the in the tall grass and keep getting into fights and you can whip yeah. through them very quickly mm-hmm. so it's not as quite the the undertaking that like say like a, a tactical game would be and i think that that breeziness lends itself to why the you know the games kind of have a popularity right yes i could see that actually chad as someone who's finished them on average, how long did it usually take you to finish each of these games? Uh, I'm a bad person to ask that because I, I tend to get really meticulous with them, and I'll uh, I'll over level my characters just to make sure I don't get beat up. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> uh, I also try to I, I do things in these kind of games very slowly. I just kind of like I like sort of the exp- the exploration aspect of it. Or okay, that's good. You know, so on average, I don't know, clock in about like sixty mm. hours on these things, like. I, I think they're meant to be like yeah. forty to sixty hour games, so that would make More sense. More or less, yeah. I mean, then you can go in deeper and find the really hidden, like the super hidden stuff, and then you know that will right. take you a little longer. But uh, are you currently playing a Pokemon game or no, Yokai Watch? I'm playing Yokai Watch. Yeah, I know what's happened with Pokemon. I have broken it out because I guess um, now they're releasing some of the rarer creatures that are otherwise near impossible to get as like sort of uh, hmm. free downloads. Oh, okay. Right, so the game stores are offering these little cards with a with a, a download code on them, and you can just go online and download these things that were some of them have like basically not been seen for <laughs> generations. Oh, okay. Right, so you know. Now, what is the current game? Is it X and Y? That's the current game right now. No, uh, uh, Omega Ruby and um, what's the other? Oh, yeah, Omega Ruby and something Sapphire, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, that's their remakes of a of an older game. Of the Ruby and Sapphire, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, that's right. Since you've played them, which one was your favorite? Um, Did you have one, or are they all pretty much the same? No, you know what's weird is there's things I like about certain ones, and then, you know, uh, you know, didn't like about, you know, there's aspects of, of each one that I liked that I wish they would kind of carry over but didn't mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, um, I, I, the, the, the Ruby, uh, the, 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 sorry, the, uh, the, the current one, the, the mm-hmm. Sapphire and Ruby remake. Or, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I hate the geography of the game. Okay. This is a weird complaint, but just getting around in the game is a huge pain in the ass <laughs> for some reason. Like, whereas X and Y, you could get on a bike and go everywhere. Okay. Right? And for some odd reason, that just made it easier to, uh, to traverse. I just found, so like there's that. Um, the newest game has an interesting um, system in place where you can sneak up on creatures in tall grass. <laughs> Oh, like okay. whereas before, you know, it's like a typical RPG where you wander through your character wanders through tall grass and just has a random right. encounter. Well, now mm-hmm. you can search for specific creatures. Um, oh, okay, and and you'll actually see their little tails pop up in the grass. You can sneak <laughs> up to them, kind of thing. So there's mm-hmm. that, that, which is pretty cute. It's it's kind of a fun little dyna- a, a game dynamic. You know, there's mm-hmm. I think in one of the gold and silver games, like the creatures would change at night, so the the day night cycle was actually important. That's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We sort, but they got rid of that, did they? They got rid of it, then they kind of brought it back briefly. It's it's really bizarre what they choose to like sort of drop, and then other things they choose to keep 
putting you in the games. Like, and people screamed about that, going like, "Why did you drop this? This is a great mechanic." Yeah, you know, like having your entire choice of, of creatures you can capture changing if the sun sets. You yeah. Know? So there's only stuff that's available during the day and vice versa. But yeah, for reasons unknown, they would just swap that out <laughs> and then put it back in, like you know, a few games later. So I don't know if I have a particular ultimate favorite. I just you know, I think maybe X Y would be the closest one to it, just because of the uh, the gimmick mm-hmm. of making it 3D, right? Right. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Don, do you have a um, kind of for for overall Pokemon games? I think my my ultimate favorite, and this is going to be biased because I wrote it, mm-hmm. was the uh, GURPS Pokemon. You wrote GURPS Pokemon. Okay, you better explain to people what GURPS is because they might they yeah, might just assume okay. it's a software. For something. for those of you who do not know, GURPS was a uh, a universal role playing game. That came out in like the 80s. It was super popular during the 90s. And um, they would do just random supplements for for just about like anything. They got all kinds of weird licenses. And uh, one of the notable things about GURPS, because this ties in with Chad talking about the mechanics for the video games, was uh, GURPS is one of those role-playing games that kind of straddles the line between role-playing game and war game. Because... Um, yeah, because right. when you yep, get to definitely. say like your your combat or taking any kind of action, there's very detailed, very specific rules for how everything works, and I I found that played out mm-hmm. pretty good for for doing like the uh, Pokemon combat gladiatorial arena style, and mm-hmm. yeah, I whipped that up and we we did play a little bit of it around here. It gets a little weird. Because it's 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 like Chad said, the video games are very simple mechanic, easy to learn. GURPS is the exact opposite, mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny to see that transliteration of this relatively simple, benign thing into this like super detailed combat monster. <laughs> now, did you actually stat out all um, 150 Pokemon? Well, the funny thing is, I do have like a first edition Pokemon encyclopedia that. It has oh, wow. all the okay. blue monsters. I think I did about a half of them. Hmm. And so you actually had players with these, like with Pokemon, obviously, yeah, having actual The duels. way it worked is your character would be the trainer. Mm-hmm. And you'd design right, like a GURPS yeah. character, and then the little boogly monsters would be NPCs until you had one of these matches, mm-hmm. and then the the person could control them war game style and because gurps uses a right. point system and you gain points as experience mm-hmm. you could use experience either to improve your trainer and gurps actually has rules mm-hmm. for for teaching in that which we'd adapted to to the game so you could raise that and use the mm-hmm. methods to train them or you could give your points directly to your little boogly monsters and raise their stats directly Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Makes sense. Because it doesn't have a level system, so obviously you're compensating for that by just, yeah, the characters are Mm -hmm. growing organically, so to speak. Um, Now, did you allow people to actually put out for fights more than one Pokemon at the same time, or were they still Uh, limited one at a time? The the rules like in the game, in the uh, the video games, where it's one-on-one matches, but you'd pick a team. So you might pick three, right, okay. and then they'd fight one at, on one, and you can swap them out, like in like in the video game. 
Okay. Huh. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> that would be interesting, and yeah, that it sounds like that would be a mm-hmm. different experience. Keep in mind, in the video games later on, they actually introduced like uh, triple fighting and stuff, where you'd have three right. out on the field at once. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, you could also like I, they they one of the later games incorporated like a wheel system where you could actually like like kind of like uh, the the dial system in um, um, mm. Yokai Watch, where you can you know you can kind of rotate mm. in different ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they there's I think it was just an attempt to just kind of just add a different flavor right. to the game, right? But right, uh, did they keep that for the most recent ones, or did they get rid of that eventually? No, it's still there in some degree or another. They actually now have like an online one where you can actually team up with another person. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like a two on two match. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but what's very interesting about them, about those two on two matches, they can go and turn into free for alls. In fact, you can go on YouTube and see people. Right. Like playing these big free for all matches where there's these four creatures on the, on the on the field. Everyone's controlling one of them, and you're listening to people making arguments about no, no, attack <laughs> that guy because you see he's, right. <laughs> he's got that thing. He's gonna be a it's gonna be a nightmare in about three rounds when it pulls this attack out. And right, exactly. It's actually very oh. amusing to watch that. Uh, the the actual game itself has very little fighting in it, but it's more about people like making a cohesive argument <laughs> to not attack them or attack another guy. <laughs> right. Wow. Um, actually, that leads to another interesting point. So there must be a huge um, Pokemon YouTube community then. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like people watching playthroughs and all that kind of stuff. It's actually more for the matches, like mm-hmm. players against players. I mean, it's it's weird because I don't know if you know that uh, Nintendo pulled like a weird thing recently uh, mm-hmm. with YouTube. Right. Uh, if you're a person, a YouTube uh, video maker... And you have a Nintendo game on your page, like say you're doing a playthrough. Uh, Nintendo's like, okay, first off, one, we want a commission from that, so we take a mm-hmm. little portion of that money that you make off of that. And two, you can't have other non-Nintendo games on your uh-huh. channel. Meaning that if you want to do Nintendo games, apparently, from what I understand, you actually have to have a, a committed Nintendo huh. channel. Wow! Just for that, so you can have like you know your Super Smash Brothers and your Pokemon games up, but you can't also on the same channel put up say like Call mm. of Duty games. Right? Hmm. They don't want it. I wonder how that they get a cut of your profits thing works. They must. It has literally do, have. It has to do with the advertising monies. Right. Well, no, that's that's what I mean. They must have a system set up with YouTube where you literally say, okay, yes, share a certain percentage with this mm. person or something like that. Yeah, basically. So it's, yeah. it's one of those weird areas where, like, I agree with it and also disagree with it. Like, I, from their perspective, I can sort of understand why they would do this. Right. You know, because they're like, okay, so we spent millions on making these games and you're just going to make money off of this thing that you would otherwise right. never make. Mm-hmm. without them but at the same time it's like okay but that's like saying if someone gets together on on video and, and plays monopoly that parker brothers right. steps in get goes, a cut. give me yeah, all yeah. that money well not not just that too but that could be a big problem if uh for reviewers exactly mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, it opens yeah. the door to a lot of things that are not necessarily good you know mm. Uh, yeah, corporations basically say if you're going to review our stuff, we get a certain percentage of the ad money you make for this review if yeah. you make money on it. Yeah, because it's like, well, without without our game, you wouldn't mm-hmm. be reviewing anything. Right. Right. 
And so, yeah, it just it starts kind of opening up a, a can of worms that are, you know, you'd rather keep closed. Yeah. So, there's, yeah. but you do see people play them on, you can go on YouTube and there are people that have entire channels just committed to this sort of thing. So. Well, of course they are because they have no choice, <laughs> yeah. either Pokemon or nothing. Exactly. Or other Nintendo yeah. games. So, yeah. Right, so. right, yeah. It's it's weird. That was that was passed a couple of years ago, I guess. So it uh, it kind right. of screwed up a lot of people, understandably. Mm, I bet it did. Well, you know, I mean, the highest paid guy on the internet was PewDiePie. There playing, might still be yeah. playing uh, playthroughs with with his weird overreaction voice and everything. Mm-hmm. So they saw, you know, people who were literally making millions. Like PewDiePie was making like multiple million dollars a year Mm -hmm. um just doing these youtube videos so understandably the makers of the games probably thought you know maybe we should be getting a cut of this oh yeah you don't you don't make that kind of money and not have a corporation's like ears perk up right especially when it's their product being used mm -hmm. to make this guy a lot of money right yeah. Now, luckily for PewDiePie, <laughs> he lives in like Sweden or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a little more, it's a little trickier, let's say, for them to actually like really lean on him. Yeah. Although they can lean on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know how that all worked out for him. He probably ended up having to do some deals or something, or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not um, sure in his case what happened, mm-hmm. if anything. You know. Probably, maybe nothing. I mean, for a lot of companies, they probably were begging him to review their products, right? Because that that's an instant guaranteed view of, like, millions of viewers. Like, he had something like, I know, I think it was something like 30 million subscribers. Wow. So think about that. The amount of money they'd potentially make from him reviewing a game was so high, why would you lean yeah. on him? That's almost well, suicide. I mean, but, yeah. but I'm sure Nintendo did. Yeah, don't don't ever expect corporations in some cases to make like you know smart <laughs> decisions that you know a lot of it's just based on a, almost yeah. like a gut reaction. Right. You're making money off our thing. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> oh, you know something? It just hit me. Okay, you talked about the next generation um, Pokemon. You know, slightly darker, mm. something a little more edge. I think okay. we've already seen the beginning of it, actually. Jurassic World. Uh, how so? Think about that. Where it's very, they've already set up that the, you know, Jurassic World is probably going to turn into something about, you know, people using these right. dinosaurs to fight each other. And think about it. What would a game based on that look like? Or what would the franchise, how is the franchise going to develop? It'll develop into something, maybe not exactly like Pokemon, but something along those lines, hmm. I suspect. Well, kind of. There already are like a dinosaur themed pokemon-esque mm. games right um, there's a there was a series called fossil fighter which is essentially yeah like that mm-hmm. you, you you dig up a fossil and then through the magic of <laughs> you know science it comes back to life as a dinosaur you can fight with right, you know? right. And I, in fact i think there even was a, a tie-in game to lost world that was essentially oh, okay. it was like this combination of like a one of those kind of park management games and then you could also fight the creatures mm. that you had in the park Right. With other okay. people. So it's, yeah, it's already mm-hmm. kind of there. It's already, yeah, kind of there, but I could really see them. Well, I've t- 
I've told you, Chad and, and Don, I suppose, about my theory for the next you know, Jurassic World movie, where we'll have like three, we'll have three uh, dinosaur tamers, each with their own different team of dinosaurs. Probably like there'll be a female trainer with her pterodactyl or something like that, and then there'll be another guy who have a stegosaurus or something along those lines, and then we'll have our main guy, Chris Pratt's character, back from this movie, and he'll have like his mm-hmm. his trained raptors. Ooh. And they'll be using these to fight against some like evil guy who's you you know mis- misusing like his genetically created monster oh. dinosaurs or something. Oh, so the Asian guy from <laughs> Jurassic World. And I think that's exactly Jurassic right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, he, he remember he's the puppet, right? He's actually working. He was spirited away by some evil corporation in there at the end right. to make their gen- new genetic hybrids. I mean, they literally set it up. Well, they almost did that in one of the proposed sequels. I mean, you must have seen that that weird artwork that was floating around. You probably still find it online of. Uh, this really mm-hmm. batshit insane version of the of what you know was eventually scrapped and turned into Jurassic World, but it was like human animal, uh, human dinosaur hybrid mm. monsters. Ooh, okay, so these like reptilian things, kind of like imagine like a giant Triceratops huh. person <laughs> with a big gun. <laughs> it's really bizarre. You're kidding? So no, it's morphic dinosaurs, basically. Yeah, you can. Like I said, go dig it up. You can you can find that... it online pretty easily. Uh, was that a sounds toy rific? I think that I think that was the idea. Was that a Whoopi Goldberg movie? <laughs> oh, what, it, what was that called? It, Tammy and the T Rex or something? Yeah. Well, there was also dinosaurs the series, but no, back in the eighties, there was a oh, what were they? Yeah. Was it dinosaurs? Yeah. yeah, it was dinosaurs. Yeah, it was the TMNT sort of ripoff type thing. So they were space dinosaurs, basically. Yeah. they were anthropomorphic space dinosaurs. Yeah, it was kind so. of it was a hybrid between TMNT and uh, Transformers, basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> with dinosaurs huh. and stuff. So yeah, so that I was thinking, I've seen that image before. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it, definitely. I think there might have been a couple like black and white anthropomorphic comics around that theme too. For back in uh, the day. Which? wasn't there, Don? For like anthropomorphic uh... dinosaurs. Yeah, wasn't there a sh- the comic yeah, called Dinosaurs was... for Hire or something? There was. Yeah, that. I think there was that's a. It. I think there was a couple of other ones, but there were, there was oddly, there were a bunch that were straight up. They were about dinosaurs that I remember, which was odd. But yeah. Dinosaurs for mm-hmm. hire was one. And I think there was one other one. But also yeah. wasn't, wasn't dinosaurs for hire basically just jumping on the, the team. Well, yeah. Cause when uh, the turtles comic, when they, they uh, got to the fugitoid series and went out in space, you had the triceratons. Yeah, and I think that's oh, where yeah, a lot that, of that yeah. idea, once that, that came out, that that was where a lot of that came from, was that, oh, we could do, like, mm-hmm. how many dinosaur guys? But a lot of people didn't, and I think it's just because dinosaurs are hard to draw. <laughs> yeah, to make them work as characters, I think, is pretty hard. And especially if you want to have, like, you know, sexy female no, dinosaurs. I, that that ain't that easy. Weird. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> Some people are into Rule that, 34. but it's not that easy. <laughs> Rule thirty-four. Uh, I was going to say, Don. I have a question for you. I mean, um, you know, mm-hmm. you play a fair amount of video games. Uh, do you have you ever played any of like sort of like I guess what we consider Pokemon? Uh, yeah, I've played a couple because um, the one mm-hmm. that I thought was almost cool was uh, the the Monster Rancher games. Oh yeah, is that the one where yeah. you fed a, a CD? into your game machine and it would generate a monster based off of uh, the yeah. music. Yeah. Huh. Well, it was, what well, was I, you know, what's funny. You, it's funny. You say that. I remember I actually played that game 
And one of the freakiest things happened was I put a Metallica <laughs> CD into it, into the game as the as to, to load up a monster. And it loaded – this is from the album that was basically just a black mm-hmm. cover. I can't remember mm-hmm. which Metallica album that was. And all it was was just a black cover. That was it. it was like the CD was just basically this little black you – know, I know what you're talking square. about, but I don't remember which one it was. I can't yeah. remember off the top of my head. Anyway, the monster it generated was a black <laughs> monolith. <laughs> Which was really kind of odd and, and coincidental, but just kind of like one of those, wow, really? Like, I'm sure it was a coincidence, but it was still, hmm. still very interesting, though. Hmm. Wow, yeah, that is... So, I guess you can't really do that anymore unless you could feed it your MP3s, I suppose. Scan MP3s and use them. So, True. I guess that would be yeah, doable. Because I think it, it, kind of. it went off of like a... Uh like a track count or a mm-hmm. time count or something, and it just transliterated that into stats. Because that was the... Probably, yeah. Hmm? I just, oh, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I do have a, a sort of a vague memory of that game in that you couldn't really control them all that much, the creatures. Like, you could train them, but they, they'd kind of run a course and yeah. not really pay attention to you or something. It was it was really strange. There wasn't It wasn't very... Um, you didn't have any no. real control over well, you, it. During the fights, mm. you could, but it was really awkward. And I think that was kind mm. of a shame because it was an interesting. The most fun part was just putting like CDs and that in it, seeing what comes out. Yeah, yeah. sounds it. See, and that's where I, I think this this Pokemon Go game, mm-hmm. where you're literally running around in reality, like in in real world, mm-hmm. you know, places. Right. I, I think that mm-hmm. could be very appealing for a lot of people, mm-hmm. just because there's that it's that little extra yeah. level. Right. Yeah. Beyond just kind of sitting there and staring at a screen, no, no, you have to actually go into the <laughs> abandoned warehouse to get that. <laughs> Hello, anyone Pokemon, here? I choose you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Don. Remember, the hobos will all have oh. like their own Pokemon that they've collected from the inners. So you'll have a, like you'll have to have a duel with the hobo to get to get access to his like secret hidden hobo. This replaces, uh, hobo Pokemon. This replaces game yeah, that's fight. right. Uh, well i gotta admit though you know and this i actually do have a like i am seriously curious about pokemon go i probably when it comes out which is i think in june maybe somewhere sometime this year are you serious that's coming out this year it's i believe it is yeah wow it's something that's way off because like i just look at what current Mm -hmm. technology is no, it's not. Remember, it's there. It's being done by a company that already has uh, the game Ingress. I mean, that um, or is Ingress the name? It is anyway. They already have a game, a virtual reality game that's very different from yeah. Pokemon, but they're running right now. I mean, they're just basing on existing stuff, and then they're. It's not really that difficult. It, no, I'm. I'm saying it's not so much the mechanics. It's the. Sort of the. I'm curious as to what yeah. the look is going to be in the sense that, like, have you seen the trailer for this thing? I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. and it won't be anywhere near as it, cool as the trailer. No, the trailer's got these full, you know, 3D graphical creatures, and I'm like, no, it's not going to look like that at all. Like, it's going to be a much more toned back thing. That's what I'm curious about. Right. As to like what okay. it will actually mm. look like. Right. You know, um, as as far as the overview of the world is concerned, you know what I mean? Like, right, is it yeah. going to be like one of these games that, you know, you say you the, the game alerts you to a Pokemon that's nearby and, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a park. Do you actually hold your phone up, use the camera and, and oh, there it is superimposed on that swing set. 
you know, and you fight it, like that kind of thing. Would it, would, is it that level or is it just kind of like, you know, uh, haphazardly, you know, floating in midair somewhere over there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, right. I, I, I can't see it being that ultra specific yet. Like you, you can get like apps true. for your phone that will superimpose a scene or something onto like real life. And they, no, they, they work to, to varying degrees. But yeah, I could see them doing something like that. And because it's novel enough right now, everybody will be like, that's awesome. And because enough people get into it, it'll it'll fund the rapid development of, of that kind of technology. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I just did a quick check. And um, apparently, no, they haven't declared what month. But it's supposed to be hmm. 2016. It's coming this year. They've okay. actually said it's coming this year. It's just a question of um, no one knows exactly huh. when it's coming out. I, I just um, I just see it also as the game that like within the first month crashes yeah. because there's just too many oh, people yeah. jumping on it. You know, so, like, yeah. I, there's going to be all sorts of issues probably right it, at the beginning. But uh, it's I, interesting because no I'm that. wondering if this will be like the video game that ruins video games, just like Pokemon was like the cartoon that ruined Japanese cartoons. Oh, I see. Yeah, maybe. You think it was the cartoon that ruined yeah, Japanese cartoons? What, not not intentionally, but well, and that it was Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball okay, was sure. the the previous generation of it because when when Pokemon came out, that was the thing that made all the money. So then everything that came out was kids collecting stuff and making it fight. So that mm-hmm. that's why they all started. They all started bringing out like all the other studios oh, started grabbing true. all these kind of like. You know, yeah, third rate versions of yeah, it. Yeah, and even like something like, like Yu-Gi-Oh! I think the reason it didn't take off and totally assert Pokemon is because it's just a slight derivation of that formula. Like, it's cards, but in the cartoon, mm-hmm. the cards would, like, come to life and they had different systems. Like, if you were fighting in the, the, the tournament, they'd use holograms to bring it to life. Or if you were, like, fighting the ancient mystic guy, they'd actually, like, show up. And it's it's basically, like, Pokemon with an Egyptian flavor. And okay, then, yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah, and then it, like it every cartoon that, that comes out of Japan since like the early 2000s, it's either Dragon Ball Z or Pokemon in some form. Right. I know a problem they started running into with bringing up the Japanese stuff is that a lot of it is a little yeah. iffy in terms of content, so you can't just blindly yeah. bring it over, you know, uh, Without hitting some editing, because yeah, they did a there was <laughs> the uh, the one Yu Gi Oh where they were on like motorcycles, and I was surprised that came out because I could see them being worried that kids would be on their bicycle like dueling and then wipe out and bust their head open and they'd be like outraged, but there wasn't. No, because you'll find that what I refer to as the um, uh, right. imitatable rule, mm-hmm. it gets remarkably specific. In the sense that, you know, um, oh, well, the characters are riding motorcycles. Well, children can't ride <laughs> okay. motorcycles, so it's fine. It's remember, Do you remember Batman, the animated yeah. series back in the day, wouldn't mm-hmm. allow pistols? Yeah. But yeah, Tommy guns okay. were fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, well, the logic was, well, c- children can't get a hold of Tommy guns because mm-hmm. they don't exist anymore. So, great. <laughs> we just bypassed the problem. It is. It's really weird, um, but I could totally see that's how they just circumvented mm-hmm. it. Going well, mm-hmm. you know, kids on bikes are not the yeah. same as kids on motorcycles. One's got an engine, <laughs> one doesn't. Duh. Right? Exactly. Wow. Exactly. 
Um, here's some information. So this episode that we're recording right now, by schedule, will probably will probably be released on um, late March. Okay. Um, we won't mention when we're recording it now, but before March anyway. We're still recording this in February. According to uh, this one site, apparently the Game Developers Conference on March 14th, okay, is basically when they're going to announce when Pokemon Go is going to come out. It's not 100% sure, but it's speculated that that's when they're going to announce. So actually, our listeners probably actually already know when Pokemon Go is coming out. We don't know when we're recording this, but apparently they probably will. Also, it's strongly suspected that they're going to be announcing Pokemon Z at that same event. Oh, which so apparently they're gonna instead of doing another pair, they're just gonna add okay. Z to X and Y. Actually, that the games do that. They'll they'll put out a um, like a sort of a third. Mm-hmm. So for every double game that comes out, there's always like a weird third one. Like for example, uh, mm. Red and Blue mm. eventually had a green, right? That came out, and then yeah. after that, I think they did Yellow, which was like a Pikachu specific one. Um, uh, but okay. that's people have been sort of already figuring they were gonna do this. Right, so... Um, it takes place... So what will happen is this game will take place in the exact same setting as XY did. Mm-hmm. In fact, you, it, the gameplay will be identical, except what they'll do is they'll add little extra okay. things into it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's almost like you get to revisit the world and then, you know, find some new stuff in it. But it's also... It's actually very smart from a, mm. from a manufacturing standpoint because the thing's already programmed. All you're doing is just adding a couple little kind of you know bells right. and whistles to it. So and new Pokemon, obviously, they yeah, add a couple new legendary Pokemon, and bang, Ben right. fans all have to go get it. Exactly. Hi all, Rob here. So as it turns out, since we recorded this, they released the name of the new Pokemon game. Well, games since they come in pairs. The new Pokemon game is going to be called Pokemon Sun and Moon. Or, since they abbreviate the two-letter codes, Pokemon S&M. That's a somewhat unfortunate name, but, you know, some people are into that, so that's okay. In other news, Pokemon Go's beta has started, um, and I've already seen bootleg copies of the beta floating around on the net, because I think the beta is only supposed to be Japan, but apparently some people here have actually got a hold of it. And I would guess that it's going to be out for some time in the summer, but we'll see. Pokemon Sun and Moon apparently is due out for the fall. So there you go, your new Pokemon fixes, both of them are coming up soon, later this year. Now back to the show. Now, here's a question though. So let's say I've completed Pokemon Y, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Or X, whichever. Um, When Pokemon Z comes out, can I just port my character over or do I have to start from zero? You can port the creatures. Okay, uh, but the trick is there's a there's a bit there's a sort of safety thing built into the game, and they they knew this early on, which was, um, whatever your character's level is, mm-hmm. uh, if you ever say you're you're starting off and you're like basically like equivalently like a level two, if you right. have a level nine creature, mm-hmm. it doesn't listen to you. Oh, you have to that's be interesting. Yeah, you. This is how it, well it stops people from just dumping insanely powerful stuff mm-hmm. into new games, right? Like it. It's right. a way to force you to play it. So you'll have them, but you'll have to basically warehouse them or bank them because you won't be able to use them until later on until you huh. level up yourself. Yeah, well, you can use them in the game. What happens right. is they just don't listen to you. you <laughs> That's know. a bit of a problem. Yeah, so in the middle of a fight, you can just it starts <laughs> ignoring you. So, 
Uh, that's that's how they got. It's just basically it's just a game mechanic to keep people from essentially right. cheating, quote unquote. Well, right? yeah, obviously. Um, but why they allow this as well is that it's easy to port over mm-hmm. ones that you've caught already, so it just mm-hmm. fills up your decks. Yes, yeah, yeah, that um, makes sense. People do that because well, it would be frustrating to have to start completely from zero. Well, never mind the fact that a lot of the creatures that you know from the very earliest games, although they're in the game, they mm-hmm. have to be ported in. Like they don't, oh. they don't appear naturally in the game. So here's a question: If I had a Pokemon from the first generation Pokemon game that I'd finished, mm-hmm. can I port stuff from that into X or Y? You could, but it would have to hopscotch between the different consoles. So if you let's say you had like a a, a Game Boy Advance or like right, a game, yeah. sorry, a Game Boy, you'd have mm-hmm. to jump into a Game Boy Advance, a Game Boy, I think Color, and then the DS or whatever, whatever the mm-hmm. bridge was to that. Okay. Like it's it's you're hopscotching. It can be done yeah. apparently. Because uh, each game is compatible <coughs> compatible with the one before it, so you could bring things from the one before it in. So therefore, you'd have to have all the different machines and everything else. I wow. think so because I, I remember reading you know, people would post stuff online where they talk about yeah, I've had this thing since like Pokemon Ruby. I've had this one mm-hmm. that I just keep bringing mm-hmm. into the new games. So wow, yeah, huh. it's weird, uh, but. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a, it's actually a very kind of clever thing that they came up with, you know. So it really plugs into that right. whole collectors thing, hmm. right? That you know, you want to get people really involved, yeah. just put a collecting element on it. That actually makes sense. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like I, I think you know, uh, is a game freak was the the guys that created Pokemon, like really just kind of accidentally stumbled onto like a golden yeah. formula with these things, you know. Hmm. It's kind of interesting how it all stemmed from the creator who who created mm-hmm. the game in the first place. Uh, it was this combination of um, wanting kids to give kids the experience hmm. of bug collecting, which right. was a hobby he had as a child. But you know, all mm-hmm. the areas where he used to do this were all like developed. Right, it didn't exist anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there, you know, there's a coffee, <laughs> there's a coffee shop where the forest. Right, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And so he realized that, yeah, there's you know, there's generations of kids growing up in urban centers that have no sort of, you know, uh, experience like going out and capturing little creatures, and so that's what right. sort of ta- he was trying to tap into <clears throat> it. But even more interestingly, he also cites Ultra oh, Seven, yeah, the television right. series, as an influence. Right. Right? Because I guess in that show, I'm not familiar mm-hmm. with it, but does he not use um, yeah. occasionally yep. like monsters to, to fight yep. battles? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah he's he calls them capsule them monsters. Yeah. If he's worried about getting his ass handed to him, he'll like send one or two of them out. Yeah. Yep. Or soften exa- up things. He kind <laughs> of. He also uses them like, for example, let's say he and his human secret identity can't actually turn to Ultraman because the female lead of the episode is like clinging to him and won't let him go. He just kind of tosses one of the capsule monsters out and the monster keeps the other mon- keeps the evil monster of the week busy for a little while until he can eventually get yeah. away and turn into Ultra 7. He's like, yeah, he never- I, uh, <laughs> I have to use the, the bathroom and then just runs off. Oh no, look, there's two monsters now. Look, you better hide in there before we get crushed. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll be out look. here. Yeah, or I'm so scared I crap my pants. Off to the bathroom. What's I that, go. a distraction? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Um, Actually, Actually, wasn't wasn't Pokemon's original the working title was Capsule Uh, Monsters? The Japanese name is Pocket Monster. Right. Okay. I've never heard Capsule Monster for Pokemon, but that does make a certain amount of sense. Like you can actually you can actually find like old developmental Mm -hmm. artwork, like development artwork. Huh. Uh, 
for the game. And yeah, like a lot of uh, one of the original ideas in the game was that you could get things uh, from Gachapon oh, machines. Cause, right. Because Capsule Monster is a Yu Gi Oh thing. Oh, maybe I'm confusing it. Or they just it. appropriated it later okay. down one. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Actually, hold on a sec. Now you mentioned it was about the bug collecting thing. This has an interesting tie-in, though. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but yes, kids commonly collect bugs in Japan, especially beetles. They love like those big rhinoceros beetles and stuff. You can actually, even today, they sell them mm-hmm. as quote-unquote pets and such. But here's the other thing that they, those kids would do with those right. things. They would fight them. Yeah, they would stick them together in like a you know pen or whatever little area and have the two of them like some of these beetles are like super territorial mm-hmm. and so they would fight them against each other. Mm-hmm. So that was also part of the hobby of collecting these bugs. Wow. So if you think about it, that, makes sense. Yeah, I, and I think in the original his ori- original uh, version of the game, like it may have, I think it even started out as a bug collecting slash fighting game and he just kind of broadened it to go well yeah monsters mm. are cool so like in the game there is a mm-hmm. bug type of creature oh yeah right so you know it's 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 all there you can kind well. of trace it all back mm. and i'm sure that since then there have been like basically bug pokemon ripoffs you know where you're collecting yeah. bugs instead I'm, i'll guarantee you they they exist oh i'm sure something yeah. like that must exist somewhere like every iteration um, has yeah. been done of this thing, I'm sure. The only one that hasn't, oddly enough, is Giant Monsters. I think we touched on that right. in, in the, uh, the the one in, podcast we did with uh, about Giant Monster movies, where it's like, yeah, no one's done well, they, that yet, which I wish they, they would. They did. That That'd was awesome. uh, Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. Oh. Kind of. I'm saying it's a game. Like, I want to see an actual game where yeah. you can, mm. you know, collect giant monsters. Well, they, they've <laughs> That'd be great. done so many, like... Actually, Iterations. My 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 least favorite hmm. being Beyblade. It it's a top. <laughs> so Actually, <can't> you... <laughs> really? <laughs> yep, yep. Actually, no, Chad. The last couple Ultraman series have oh, been exactly yeah. that. They've been very. They've been variants. I think even the current one, if there's one running or coming up, yeah, they're all basically versions of you. Th- they turn the monsters into like yeah. um, basically toys, but they're supposed like sus- mini suspended versions of them, and then they can summon them back up if they need them or things like that. Right. So, but, but I think no one has formally made an actual game with that theme. Mm. Is I guess is what I'm getting at. That's true. I don't um, think they have anyway, or at least, probably they have in Japan, but it's never come out here. Probably possibly, wasn't very yeah, good. Possibly, possibly. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm sure there must be like a zillion variations that we've never seen. Because that's probably yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen that as that a good. story. Um, come to think of that, if you go back to the old uh, Marvel comic, that was basically Doctor Demonicus's shtick. Mm-hmm. He's he collected the, monsters. He's that's the true. Original Pokemon that is trainer. What he did. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. <laughs> he collected giant monsters and made them fight. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, I can see I just, that. I just want to see someone put a, an actual game out of that. Yeah. I thought would be very cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. Be kind that of would fun. be pretty cool. You can even play. Well, you can even pay back to like old, old monster movies, like you know, just the little shout outs to hmm. them. That'd be kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? okay, I can see that. Anyway, so we better bring this one up to a close. Mm-hmm. We've been recording for a little while. Okay. Um, so, any Chad, any final thoughts about uh, Pokemon or the future of Pokemon? Mm, not really. I'll, I'll, I just, I find the games cute, so I'll probably just keep playing them as they come out. Okay. How about you, um, Don? Any thoughts? Well, I'm about still Pokemon? waiting for the dirt, dirty one, just because I want to see a couple things. I want to see is a, uh, especially the uh, Pokemon gangster rap. I want, I want to see that. 
Yeah, Pikachu, yeah, motherfucker. Cool. Blastoise busts a cap in your ass. I want to see that. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. And if people want to find me in a couple months, I'll be running through back alleys and you know warehouses and such and dodgy hobos um, trying to catch that elusive Pokemon in Pokemon Go. On that note, um, I wish Pokemon another 20 years. And I'm going to bring this meeting of the Department of Nerdly Affairs to a close. So, good night, folks. Thanks for listening. And thank you again, Chad, for coming and joining us and sharing your Poke knowledge with us. Your <laughs> living Pokedex. <laughs> your Poke welcome. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to hear more or join the conversation, come visit us at ObeyTheDNA.com. You can also find us on iTunes or whatever fine podcast site forgot to lock their back door. So until next time, remember that to master the nerdly arts takes time, practice, and enough Coca-Cola to drop a rhino. See ya!